Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 178. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello. Hey, that's me. Welcome back. Hi, welcome. We're here. We are. I have a grain belt. And I have a Minnesota Gold, because Mm. I am running low on cheap beer. Yeah, I'm in a cheap beer territory. I've got this beer refrigerator. I've got no money to put beer in it. Well, let me introduce you to Patreon. Oh! I'm going to use that as a, a shameless segue. So I can afford to put beer in my refrigerator. Well, so I can afford to put beer in my refrigerator. Which means I can afford to put my beer in my refrigerator because I want to bring my beer from my house over here. Anyway, head on over to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. What Patreon is, it is a direct support mechanism for content consumers like you to support content producers like us. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage and check out the two open-ended levels of support we have. So, um, let's move right in to topics. I've got one more. I've got one comment first. Fine. You're wearing an O'Neill shirt. Did you know that an O'Neill cylinder is a rotating space habitat that has artificial gravity created by rotation? I don't even know what this is. That's just a company. Okay. It's not an O'Neill cylinder. I got really excited when I saw O'Neill. <gasps> and then I went, oh. I will say, the shirt is very durable because my ex bought this for me, like, more than a year before we broke up, and that was three years ago. And so I wear it a, a fair five bit. Five-year-old shirt. It's at least a five-year-old shirt. So this is from not five years ago. Oh, Mike, I don't know why my clothes tend to last pretty long, but there you go. Anyway, that is maybe already it's your, maybe it's your laundry detergent deep into the weeds. I use the uh, Costco brand Tide Pods. Oh, hmm. So it can't be that. They're fine. I apparently. I, I, I hope my my dishwasher is working. <laughs> 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 I used very cheap oh, pods. It should be fine. Yeah, the, the Costco pellet pod things for the dishwasher are awesome, too. How well, so this is the thing. is Jana bought detergent, dish detergent. Like liquid or powder stuff? Liquid dish detergent, right? Why? Because she wanted to use that instead of the pod. I don't know. So we put, we, we put it good. I, yeah, I know, right? And you know for a fact that they're for your dishwasher. Well, it turns out this <laughs> dish detergent, if you look on the back, the very bottom and very small is dish detergent, not dish washer detergent. Two oh. different things. Oh, oh no. And then... Did it bubble up, like, way too much? Well, it didn't overflow or anything, but I hopefully it didn't break anything. That's, I'm like, I hope it works. It so, should be okay. I, and we, only used, we only did one load, so it's, like, fine. Dishwashers are great. Yeah, I hope I didn't break it off the bat and be pissed. So I think all that stuff has like an implied very short term warranty when you buy a house. You might be okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also paid for a house warranty, so ah, well, yeah, there you go. That'll be fine. But I just hopefully my dishwasher's working. It'd be very nice to actually have that. So it oh, that's right. Be, yeah, because I have home we, warranties. We, I actually foregoed forwent foregoed forgone. I had foregone that. To get a $1,000 check from the sellers of my house to take care of the tree in my backyard instead. I'm like, you would have had to pay for the home warranty anyway, so well, how you about... you like doing all that stuff. Uh, they didn't want to deal with the tree. Well, no, I mean, you like doing all the home warranty stuff, like installing things and... Oh, sure, yeah. yeah Plus, I... I looked at everything before I bought the house. It was all new. Yeah, I'm not like that. The kitchen was two years old. All the like the water heater and furnace were less than a year old. I would prefer not doing things like i've got other stuff i'd rather do. i'm just so busy with other things to do same yeah but you're my the parents one. give me shit like i don't know how you do all the shit you do i'm like i don't know it's probably really stupid I, yeah i can't do all the stuff that it's you do. not sustainable i can tell you that yeah i know 
Like, I can't do that. I do that for like one day. I'm like wiped out for a week. I'm like, I'm sorry. I need to. A sit. calendar is a beautiful thing. I'm I'm gonna be comatose for the rest of the week. Well, I know what the calendar works. I'm just seeing about my personal energy. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, the calendar helps for that, too, because it, like, prepares you and motivates you for it. It's the only reason I can still keep doing the podcast. It's the only That's reason I remember point. it happens. And even then, sometimes <laughs> I don't remember that <laughs> it's happening. That's a very good point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, delving directly into topics, I actually have a piece of good news. BMW, after making the M3 for almost 40 years, has finally officially agreed to produce a wagon. Wow, that's bittersweet. However... We don't have confirmation yet on whether or not they will offer the same transmission configurations. They should, which means you can get a manual in it, which is going to be epic. But it's probably going to have that terrible snoz on the front of it, which is bad. Mm-hmm. We don't know for sure because we don't know what the front end looks like. Maybe we'll get lucky. And the piece of real shit news, it is officially not coming to North America. That's extra shit. Yep. So in 15 years, Canadians should be able to get one. And in 25 years, we should be able to get one. Implying any of them are running in 25 mm-hmm. years. The six cylinders are still pretty good. Mm, I don't believe it. I think anyway, be fine. So, I just I don't know. It's cool. They should have did this during the E thirty six at the very latest. Yeah, and it, people make tributes all the time. God, I literally took this web browser window and moved it to the other display so this wouldn't happen. But apparently, that is not how this works. So let me put it on the stream for everyone real quick. <sighs> That's fine. So uh, they. People have done E30 wagon, M3 mm-hmm. homages. They've yeah. done all the time. E36, because it's so easy. E46, they exist. A little tougher, because they were factory wide-body cars. So you have to do a lot of sheet metal work. And people have, of course, done E90 and F80s. Mm-hmm. So, great that BMW is doing this for us. But, like, this, I, I have such a hard time praising this company for doing this. Because if you look back on the last special manual vehicles they've done, they've all been at the demand of the U.S. market. Yeah. So why would you not give that to us? Like, we buy more wagons, high-end, expensive wagons, than anywhere else in the world by a not small margin. Yeah. And we kind of take pride in that with our rich folk because people that own them know that rich people own them. Yeah. Wagons are great. Why is it the decision, especially if they choose to make this competition only, which they might? I don't think they will, but if they do, then it would be all-wheel drive auto only. And like, I have no faith that they won't do that. I, I bet they will, and I hope they don't. But I, I'm absolutely 100% guaranteed certain. I would, I'll eat my shirt if they put a manual in this thing. There's no I, way this is going to be manual. I, it I've will. I've no faith in BMW as a company I, at all. I think it will because, I mean, they've, they've greenlit the manual in the rear-wheel drive configuration, and I don't think you necessarily need to have, like, a super high-end config in an M3 or, like, any 3 Series to get a wagon. In fact, like, in Europe, freaking ads, it's actually really common to see very high-specification cars with very low-spec powertrains and things like that. So it probably will be offered with a manual and if that's the case i mean i I have to give them props because wagons are awesome yeah no wagons are great i i don't i don't get you wrong about that i I absolutely agree um i just my i have no faith that bmw won't possibly fuck this up at every level yeah oh it's like volkswagen like we're gonna get in america i don't have lifted suspension on the speed outback like that's what they're going to do is they're just going to every level that they could possibly screw this up. They're going to do it. Like absolutely guaranteed. Cause I'm just trying to think of like, 
the last time we had a like, an objectively good wagon in America was at the Volvo V70R. I guess the CTSV C- wagon. But yeah, the CTSV. The C63, I think they had a wagon? Or Not the, here. What was it, the E? E63, yep. Yeah, and E6- you can still buy those, and yeah. they're awesome. So you can get an E63 wagon, you can get a V70R, you can get a CTSV. But the thing is, like, we have one per generation at a time of good wagons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they <clears> switched <throat> off from manufacturer to manufacturer. Even Volvo for a while made awesome stuff. It's the same, the V70R, yeah. There's one of those for sale with a six-speeder for nine grand. Is it, is it, or, does it have the orange interior, like that one that comes to... I didn't click on it. There's that one that comes to Cars and Crafts with mm-hmm. the orange interior, and that one's primo. But this is that, like, baby pastel teal blue, which mm. I, I love that color. Say less. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> um, okay, it is actually officially retaining the manual transmission option. Oh, that's good. Yep. I actually, actually, I read it now. Come to think of it. Subaru also made a Legacy 2.5 GT wagon with a manual. They did, which is cool. Yeah, while it ran. Yep. When it, when it works, yes, that's, that's very like cool. the that's like the B6 S4 wagon. It was cool when it when it worked. It technically exists. Yes. Yep. So it's do very, not buy one of those. That you don't want. But, it. but it's if you cool. do, put something else in there other than that 4.2. Put a TDI in it. Call it good. <laughs> That'd be very funny. That would be pretty I'm great. Lo- I love a 19 TDI in that. And it'll probably make as much power as the. I will S4. say the weight distribution will probably be similar. Yeah. Because I mean, the TDI is heavier. That transmission is a delight to shift. I do like that transmission. And yes. they they look pretty good inside and out. So I don't really have an issue with them. There. I'm guess I'm jaded because whenever I look at one of those, I just look at it and I go, "That's unreliable." That's mm-hmm. just like my, my thought of how they are. It's just, yeah. Well, yeah. It doesn't even look- matter which one you're looking at because we didn't get the TDI here. Yeah, it just looks unreliable. Like that's how I see it. I see a B six. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, be a, it's gonna be broken. That looks like it's broken. The the hazy headlights are the cataracts of the soul of that car. Yeah, like it's like the um, like, like the scene in uh, Ace Ventura where with the with the package mm-hmm. he hands it to the guy. He goes, "Sounds broken." Like most but, likely. Yeah, that it was something probably. nice though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's every time I see a V six S four, that's it. I need to make a gif. <laughs> People are doing it all the time now, where they will put like images over something yeah. else and play it, like just a B six wagon. <clears throat> Sounds broken. <laughs> yeah, that'd most be a, likely. So that's a, that's a bet it was something thing. nice though. God, yeah, I, I guess I have to get get a TikTok so I can make funny memes about Audis. I really want to get the, one. Can we just say that it's amazing that shit like that exists in an app to do real time on our phone? I know, I love that. That stuff used to take like crews of people. An entire, <laughs> a tremendous amount of fucking around that talk. Oh, it was awful. Um, so, oh, I thought there was a train. It was just something about some American. There have been it. so few trains lately. It's very disheartening. I'm pissed. I've heard them a couple times on Absolutely Sunday evenings. Absolutely pissed. I want that retro liner thing to come back through yeah. again. That thing's cool. It is cool. Well, Very cool. Let's do a Patreon topic. Okay. All right. I guess I'll do it. So. Yeah. It's your turn for a topic. Patreon topic. Okay. Is from, I imagine, Scott. Because it it's is. well written. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think Tucker's only put a couple in there. And I think he actually dropped off our Patreon list, too. Probably. He's a, I mean, he lives in Wisconsin. There's only, yep. so, only so much money in that state. Yeah. Um, should your daily be an appliance and rent to rent fun cars when needed only occasionally? No. That's not a very good patron. I thought it was worth discussing because so the, the question, not for the us. question is, should you own an appliance for your normal car and then rent, just like rent one that's fun, like you can rent a jet ski? 
So I think the vein of the question here, because of course it was Scott that wrote this, was yeah. like, if you have an older house that has a two-stall garage, you've got two people, and you of course need your commuter, but you also want a fun car, should you compromise on your daily and you know potentially daily something that's not actually no. supposed to have that done with? Or do you buy like an electric thing like I've got here for a daily and then you use a Turo service anytime you want to go somewhere in a fun car. So this is actually a question or a conversation I had with a customer I worked at Good Karma. Okay. Um, and what we decided on, he wanted to get a normal car that's reliable relatively. Okay. And just good. So he ended up getting a Volkswagen Passat, but he's like, I want it to be kind of fun though. But I said relatively reliable. It's under warranty, brand new. Okay. Because uh -huh. I want it to be kind of fun. I said, all right, well, how about this? Why don't we install bigger sway bars? Because that's kind of no difference in anything else except for when you're actually going Cornering. for it. Yep. And what we did is we put sway bars in it and put on, like, oh, a little bit of a better tire. Not anything like great, but sure. it's like, it's a uh, Continental DWS. Yep. I like those. A, I have a, those a, on Waggies. Yeah, a, a good tire. And he was thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. Because, you know what? He sold a car that was entirely warrantied. And he could still huck it into a corner and have all the fun in the world because he's got sticky tires and a good sway bar. Like, I think something like that, a minor modification that has no difference to the power output or the reliability of the vehicle on your normal yeah, car. Yeah, that's almost a I mod think, that isn't a mod. So. Yeah, I, th I think that, that that is the correct answer is you, you, get, you get the normal car that has an essence of fun to it. It's got fun in its DNA. Yeah, but you're never going to go carve canyon roads or anything like that in a Passat. No, you're not. But you know what you are going to do? Hmm. You're going to go on a Cloverleaf, and you're going to have a lot of fun. Right, but that's still your commute. Yeah, so I agree. Commute. Having a car that's fun to drive on your commute, awesome. Yes, your econo box should absolutely have mods like that done to it. Yeah, and I think for but your daily driver. that's yeah. not like an event car. Like, say you're going to go out somewhere and you want something fancy. Like, do you buy a second car to do that, or do you Turo it? And I think that's what he's asking. <sighs> and see. for me, like, I don't even know if I can objectively answer this, because I have too many cars. But I can't imagine having just the Tesla. It's a very fun car. It drives very well. But, like, I'm not, that's not an event car. Like, I don't have fun going out in that thing. And that's, that's why I own the Mazda 5. Yeah. Is I can have the fun of an event car mm -hmm. while still having a car that's more or less reliable. But that's although not on I, sale anymore. Although I should say that it's got 220,000 miles and burns oil pretty decently now. So. It's put some seafoam in it's it. It's going to need a new engine in it put soon. Put some seafoam in it. It's going to have a Ford Fusion engine put in it because it's got a ha It's got two tenths of a liter bigger displacement. It's just as reliable. My MZR is best MZR <laughs> because Ford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I know it's not action MZR. It's got a different three-letter designation. MZW. Yes, but so this is uh, the thing. Is same um, thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. So like, they, they literally use the Ford 2.5 bottom end for building big power uh, Mazda Speed 3s. But anyway, this is the thing is, you get a car, it's the same, a car that's got an essence of fun to it, so you have to kind of get nerdy with the car. You can't just, like, run in and go grab any random car, but you can't have to, like, look at what the car is. Like, my Mazda 5s are a very good example of that, mm -hmm. where, yes, on paper, at first glance, it's a minivan. And you look, oh, it's got independent rear suspension. Oh, it's basically just a Mazda 3. Oh, it doesn't weigh anything for a minivan. Oh, it's a manual. And it comes with a manual transmission. That's suddenly a car that you can daily drive and have a shitload of fun in. But we've discussed this. That car isn't sold anymore and nothing no. like that exists it, anymore. Absolutely. And But that's the thing is, 
it isn't necessarily that. It's like the Camry TRD, where you get the car that's a normal car. No, because it has to be something that's interesting at a car show. But that's the thing. It's the TRD. It's not. Nobody's going to approach that car, even if it's got a TRD badge on it. It's one of those things where that's a car was relatively... Okay, well, suspend disbelief. That car, my Mazda 5... That is cool. That, yeah, but that's that car is just as lame to somebody that doesn't know what it is as a, as a Camry TRD is. No, it's not. A Camry TRD is arguably more exciting looking. Nah, I like the Mazda 5. I like the Mazda 5 too, but I also live in real life. But what? I think okay, the thing is... Okay, so for the sake of this argument, neither of those things are show cars. So you want like an actual car to take something to car that shows. you could take to a car show or park at valet and people will pay attention. No, to. at that point you have to own the car. Why? Because why are you going to take somebody else's car to a car show? Because it doesn't matter. No, it's somebody else's car. Let them take their own car. But keep in mind, most people don't give a shit. But that's the thing is when I go to a car show, like it, it would just I love going to a car show and showing off something cool. And it's yeah. like, if I'm doing something like where you have more cars than you can physically drive, yeah, I'll drive mm-hmm. one of your cars to a car show for you mm-hmm. to help you out. Um, if I'm going to take some rando's car to a car show, I'm not going to do that. Because then I have to explain to people, I have to let people down. I go, oh, okay, you so have a really cool a... car. I go, actually, it's a Turo. What about Restaurant Valley, where you don't talk to anyone about it? At that point, I don't care. Again, for the sake of the argument, I'm not talking about <laughs> you, Ryan. Personally, I'm talking about like in general. I guess if, if somebody's if it's a, looking, if it's a restaurant valet, at that point, you're not getting it to be a car enthusiast. You're just getting it to have something fun. So yeah, sure. Then get a Turo if you're going to a valet. But like okay. that makes sense. No, I'm saying I'm not trying to may, force this. On no, you, no, I, but like, no, that makes sense. I mean, like if you're. Not because if you're going, if you're just taking a nice, fun car to a valet to feel like you're, you know, you've actually earned something. Right. Yeah, that's different than actually owning it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in that particular case, then yeah, just get a Turo, whatever, because it's no difference than when you're on vacation. What you're doing is you're just doing a staycation at that point. But so, I mean, you could also stretch and buy something that is a regular car that is on the showy end too. And so. that's where I'm saying that the Camry so, TRD exists. So you buy the Camry TRD as your daily. Yeah, okay, I think right. that that this is why that car exists. Like that's actually, oh, it, at like, face value, it sounds really stupid <laughs> until you begin to think of it. Where it's like, I want something that's kind of fun, but I need a normal ass car. Well, here's a normal ass car that's actually kind of fun. You know what's weird? Even boring people that don't care about driving can appreciably tell the difference between a bad and good driving car. Yeah. And so, like, that kind of stuff is, like, universally yeah. liked. And if you look at, so if you look up, just bring up a, round, a picture of what a normal 2020 Toyota Camry looks like. I'm going to pull it up down here so people can see yeah. it. Bring up a picture of a normal 2020 Toyota Camry, and then bring up a picture of a 2020 Camry TRD. And just, yeah, get a to- the most, like, a, maybe right in base model. What, is it DX? What are they? A just right in base model. So here's your there we go. normal Toyota camera. That's a YouTube. There that, we go. Uh, that's a location. TRD, I think. No. It's got the fancy wheels. Those aren't fancy wheels. It's not hubcaps. Like they that don't... one that's four down. That, that one's got these hubcaps. These are not hubcaps, and oh. that's a YouTube link. Those well, are, whatever. Those, those are alloys. Here, that one. That's a hybrid. Yeah, that'll, that'll be fine. All yeah. Right, so, so there's your normal camera. Copy. No, copy image location. Damn it. This I'm going to buy a new keyboard. Someday. So this is your totally normal Camry, and then we're going to bring up a Camry TRD so you can see the difference, because it is a notable difference when oh, you look at them. Yeah. yeah, like that actually looks way cooler in pictures. Oh, no, I don't want that. I didn't click on it, douche. 
See, Burger doesn't use Chrome because he doesn't want to use half. This his has memory. nothing to do with Chrome, and Chrome sucks. Yes, it is. Oh, okay, yeah. So the, the wheel covers on the hybrid here. The just normal looking Camry that is just boring to drive, and there it is. But if you look at the Camry TRD, even Joe Schmo is going to be able to look at this Camry TRD and go, "That actually looks really cool," because mm-hmm. that's an objectively cool looking car. And With you a know, terrible transmission. Yeah, it, it's got a cool engine. It's got the three five, which is overpowered in literally any application. There's no application which and it's in. ancient now yeah. too. It's a prehistoric, overpowered, wonderful V six. Uh, but that's yeah, a, no turbos here. <laughs> yeah, it's just a V six is overpowered, and it's hooked up to a slush box automatic. But that's the thing is. At least it's not a dual clutch, though. That's a car that's going to be fun, like, for you to drive, because in a straight line, it's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. It's going to be fun (laughs) going on a low-speed corner. The only time it's not going to be fun is when you're trying to come out of a corner. Roasting a Boomer and a C4 in that would be very satisfying. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. So this is the thing. Is this a car where probably 85% of the time, you're going to be loving it? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why that exists. Well, this that's like, a perfect daily driver. The Accord Sport was a little bit more toned down than this, but yeah. that was a boring daily driver exactly. that drove really well, and you could get it in a six-speed. So there you go. That's another good example of a normal car. So this is why I would not get a Turo, because things like this exist. And this no, is no, like no. But, like... you, but if you buy either of these, you need to get a Turo. Well, not even. because These are you're... not interesting enough to take anywhere and have anyone notice. That's a Camry with black wheels it's and a still spoiler. still a Camry. If somebody notices it, they're not going to be noticing it in a generally favorable way. I, I think you're wrong. Uh, I honestly do. Because I think that if somebody sees... If, all right, this is the thing. Is they're going to walk by it and not notice it because it's a Camry. It's right. Camry that's flies. what you're trying to avoid. But this is the thing. The people that look... I love that term. The people that look aren't going to be like let down by the fact it's a Camry TRD. They're going to go, oh... They bought a TRD Camry. That's really cool. It's like when you see an XSC Sienna. It's like, that's actually a very cool Sienna. Like, the people that know vans know that the XSC is actually really rad. So that's what this is. Is this the most cars that's cool to people that know? It's like an MGB. Uh, right, Ryan. GTV but we, we are so far in the weeds of minority when it comes to car but that's Well, that's the thing. It's like, it, if you're just trying to get a car that everybody's going to look at, mm-hmm. Why are you even getting a sports car? Because that's why people own fancy cars. That's why people buy Challenger SRTs, because people look at them. Then just buy a Charger RT or something. Like some cool-looking car. I guess you could get like an SRT You can get an automatic automatic WRX at least. And it's got all-wheel drive. Your wife won't even... It's got automatic transmission. It's all-wheel drive. Your wife won't complain. And it's also WRX technically at that point. So like, that's the thing. Is like, it doesn't have to be a shit car, though. Oh, I suppose if you're dailing it and your wife has gonna, to use it. If yeah. it's going to be a Turo, it's going to probably suck. But or it's going to be so WRX. expensive. They're CVTs. I know. They're awful. Oh. But that's the thing. That's what I'm saying, though, is if you're going to be getting a car that's just to get other people excited, that's going to get other people excited. Like That's what I'm saying. that The, the TRD Camry, I think that that looks just unique enough if you get that in like a bright color like red mm-hmm. that people are going to go is that a Lexus or what is going on with this weird car and they look and they go with the Camry like that, that's something that's actually going to draw people's eyes yeah it probably is out there enough I, I think you'd have to put an exhaust on it honestly. it has an exhaust actually they're quite they're notably louder okay, they have good. one more horsepower but they're notably louder because <laughs> they, they basically did the, they did like the um, 
the Fiat treatment where mm-hmm. they just like got rid of like one of the mufflers and now it's just got like a resonator and then like. But TRD, it's NA, like, so it probably is actually a horsepower different instead of the Fiat where they just claimed the other one made fewer horsepower and it didn't. Yeah, no, this one makes a one horsepower. Uh, Dino proven one horsepower. So okay, that, to your <laughs> point, this is probably as. I'll say "quote unquote" flash as like an SRT three ninety two yeah. charger. Yes, parked it's in like that. the same area, people are going to notice it the same amount, and yeah. that I think would qualify as somebody's fun car. I think that get, going to the point where you need a Turo, maybe if you're in like New York, where like you straight up came and own a car, yeah, I right. But that. we're not talking about that. We're talking about like, do here. you get a third car or you just buy a little more flashy daily? I get a more fla- a little bit more flashy of a daily. I think so too. And also, this is something that people don't think about. There, you have most of your fun you have driving mm-hmm. is that 10 seconds that you're getting on the freeway and passing people or doing a cold relief. And it's usually less than So then than you a, should buy an electric car. You should buy well, a Model 3. Maybe. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, that's less. The actual fun that you're having in your normal car mm-hmm. is probably a total of three minutes of your com- entire commute tops at most because <laughs> a lot of people's on-ramps are plugged with meter light traffic mm-hmm. and all this other stuff and clover leaves meter light traffic and idiots yeah but that's the thing is that's why you have a car that's fun in those very brief moments mm-hmm. and it's something that's exciting to look at and that's where the trd camry comes in that is a perfect daily driver i can't recommend it because it's auto only but i see rear coming <laughs> yeah that, like as an automatic <laughs> you have to have an automatic like daily <laughs> driver that is the most fun, normal, like entirely normal car that you can have. So I would say with the existence of that car, I have to say just get the daily driver. So it's going to be so much better having to wait on a truck. I will agree. Just buy a slightly more flash regular daily and don't even bother with a secondary car. And even if you don't want to do that, mm-hmm. get something, do your research before you buy it and get something that you can do, like minor modifications to. Better tires and a sway bar go miles for making a car better. Even just my, better tires, honestly. Modern cars are so blasted on capable. My, on my Mazda 5, mm-hmm. one of the best dollar per fun mods I ever had is when I grounded my throttle body directly <laughs> to the battery. And it's one of those things where it, is, it was literally free. It was a length of cable that long went straight to my battery, and now when I like, just stomp on the gas, it like goes <laughs> like it's notable <laughs> so little stupid things like that mm-hmm. like those, oh, there's plenty of those very cheap and or free mods that you can do free mods a lot of cars that, are that you can do that yeah pretty good it's like pounding a large sharp spike into a boxster s muffler yeah sounds a lot better <clears throat> exactly so feels weird doing it but it's better yeah doing things like that those little free mods make the car so Even much better. cheap ones yeah, yeah. just yeah, enjoy your time in your shit car. Yeah. So yeah, don't don't buy a second thing. Just buy a slightly better daily. Put an intake on your Mirage. There you go. Like Kua did that. <laughs> he has all the fun in the world with a shit car. Slow car, fast. That is know? not a shit car. Mirage is good. Well, shit car compared to the guy that buys a Challenger. Cheap car. Yeah, cheap car. Yes. There you go. Remember, we talked about BMW and their subscription uh, features like yeah, heated really, seats and really things like that. Dumb to the yeah, and everybody kind of hated that, right? They did, and um, they, they recently announced that as a new feature. It turns out GM has been doing this for about three years, and nobody knew. Well, nobody knows this is GM. Well, GM, <laughs> if you bought, it's not just Cadillac, even though this article suggests it is, they have a feature called Super Cruise, which is essentially a lane keep with radar cruise, so kind of like a, an autopilot one for Tesla. 
But apparently, nobody bothered to read into the actual paperwork and agreements that come with these cars. So you do get it with your car for 36 months. And then it shuts off. And if you want it again, it's a monthly subscription fee. That's stupid. So something you bought with your car. Good job, Mary Barra. And is all based in hardware and software. And it does not connect to the internet for any reason except software updates, which are unrelated. They take it away from you. How do they take it away? Do you like go in for a oil change? No, no, it's over the air. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Pretty cool. Good job, Mary Barra. So that's uh, the public uh, goodwill that GM needs. Right? Like somehow they out BMW to BMW. Well, so, all right, this is the thing. is BMW can afford to do that. I think this is what Mary Barra gets wrong with her life, um, other than the fact she's utterly inept in every way to be any sort of CEO of anything. And I will not take that back. I think that she's just, she really needs to be, like, mid-level management. She really needs to take care of some bean counters, and that's, like, the extent of her career. I have no idea how she's gotten this far in life. Um, I, I don't either. I don't have any view inside of the this, corporate structure this, of this General is, Motors. This issue is... BMW can afford to give away with that because they have so much goodwill. They've made the M3 for years. Well, and it's a high line. And it's a high line, and you get it, and like, you get that, and you're like, you're already so hyped because you have this super fun, super fun BMW. It's so cool and so, such a great driving machine. And the people are expecting an expensive down vehicle. Yeah, but if you have a Denali, right, you're not getting anything that special, right? Say, you're getting yeah, a, say you bought an Acadia Denali and you have this feature. I would be so pissed. If I Karen. bought a used Acadia Denali with the Super, super Features, the Super Cruise on there, and then I get into it and I'm following on the highway. And the all LCD gauge cluster says, sorry, bro, you don't pay for this. Yeah. I'm like, wait, this is a subscription? Like, never in my life would I ever buy another mm-hmm. GMC. And so maybe, like, their thing is like, oh, well, people only buy, like, six cars in their life. And they're like, well, we have, like, six brands. So maybe they're like, well, they'll get pissed off at Chevy and they'll move over to the GMC because GMC is not Chevy, right? And then like when they get pissed off at GMC, they'll move up to Cadillac. Except like at some point in that chain, somebody's going to say, oh, yeah, we're all owned by the same company. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, so you all have that stupid Super Cruise thing. And they're like, well, I'm going to go buy a Toyota now. Bye. Like, this There's is, this free. This is why we don't have an automobile manufacturer kind of like – like business in America anymore is because they do stupid shit like this. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's not just GM. But I mean, like, GM, Ford, Chrysler, they're doing everything they can. Any goodwill they have with their buyers, they immediately eat up. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like, Lexus and BMW, they'll build that for decades, and then they'll eat it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, GM's like, oh, cool, I've got a morsel. Like, they don't take the greater reward. They go, they're, they're you know, they're like, it's like an un... All right, so with evolution of species and stuff, humans evolved. Oh, this is getting deep. Humans evolved because humans were able to wait. I'm sorry, are you thrusting your opinion that evolution is real (laughs) on me, bro? But human culture evolved because humans were willing to take that greater reward that takes longer to Mm -hmm. get. Mm -hmm. We would cook our food instead of eat it immediately. That way we would develop smaller jaw muscles, allowing our brains to grow, make us smarter. And when you have other creatures that don't do that, so say like, I don't know, I don't want to shit on a raccoon, but let's say like a squirrel. Called a trash panda. Yeah, no, squirrels, because raccoons are actually pretty evolved. They're really weird. But um, squirrels, uh, they, they don't do that. They just go and they, they eat, they go, they go again. Well, actually, they actually hoard things. 
let's say, oh, that's where that yeah. comes from. Yeah, that so, TLC show. Yeah, Porter is buried alive. Yeah, so but uh, like say like a bird of prey, they just eat, they eat the food and then they're done, mm-hmm. and then they go find some more food and then eat it. Mm-hmm. They don't, you know, you you don't see a, a falcon like go grab food, cook it, then freeze it and put it in a refrigerator. No, that's no, a he's, human he's meal prepping this week, and that's kind of what that's what. Toyota and like BMW do is like BMW. They made years and years and years of the M3. They mm-hmm. made great cars. They'll make a great thing. Well, and they're not getting conquest. I mean, people that bought an old M3 bought a new M3. Yeah, and then they bought a new M3. And that's the thing with Lexus is Lexus like you keep growing that that LS 400 mm-hmm. that's 30 years old at this point. That's still running. And I bet a lot of those people that bought those 1990 LSs drive LS460s now. Yeah, exactly. And those people that are bought, that are buying the LS400, mm-hmm. well, now they're buying an IS250. And they're buying the base model Lexus. Or they're buying a different Toyota. Right. Yeah, we downsized. Or we want to be no, green. Nobody, nobody ever in the history of time has ever bought a Cadillac Elante. And or a went, Cimarron. Or a Cimarron and gone, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. You know what I need is a mat again in my life. Like, there's so, I've never seen people go, I just need more Cadillacs. They're so great. Nobody's done that since the 70s. Yeah. And it's because GM takes the goodwill, and like a bird of prey, they just eat that goodwill immediately. Mm-hmm. They don't put it in the refrigerator for later. Where Lexus, they've got so much goodwill. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the LC4, the LC500 could have had, like, rod-bearing issues within 20,000 miles of being new, and people would still buy them because they go... How great is Lexus? But now, GM, nobody ever says, how great is GM? You're right. They're coming off, like, the timing chain and other cylinder head yeah, issues of the high-feature V6. You're coming, coming off of additional issues with, yeah. that I were mean, predated by other issues. You've had 40 years of just stupid issues. Mm-hmm. And you haven't built any goodwill to eat up. And now you're just being that bird of prey, taking every little morsel that you can get. Right. And now you're doing stuff like... Yeah, we're going to have a subscription service for a Super Cruise. And you're just eating up more of that goodwill without putting more in storage for later. Mm -hmm. And that's the issue. And that's why none of the American companies do that. And every other company in the world does it. Even even Volkswagen does that. And that's why Volkswagen's able to get away with the garbage that they can get away with. For now, yeah. (laughs) Is they have so much goodwill still built up. From their older product that was better. Yeah, from the Mark IV and older Volkswagens. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't think of... Nobody ever, when you think of Volkswagen, thinks of how shit the Volkswagen Dasher was. No. God, no. No. You think of how fun the Golf was, right? Like, that's <laughs> what you think of. Like, well, yeah. I mean, the people that are going into the dealership showroom right now and buying an Atlas, they're probably a, a, a person that got a Mark IV from their parents in college yeah. and they've been driving. And they they're had like, a well, I like B5 this. Passat. Yeah. Like, they had a very good car. And that's the thing is... Volkswagen right now, they're eating up the goodwill that they had. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you build up that goodwill for when you can't feasibly afford to make the goodwill at that point in time. That's why during I mean, the recession... It's going to run dry for all the German auto manufacturers. It is. It is. It's running dry already. But I mean, like that's the thing is these American brands, they don't have that. So when it comes to a point where you have to scramble and make a two-liter turbo and screw over all your co- your customers for five years straight, mm-hmm. like or 10 years straight, like you're going to be able to weather it because you're Volkswagen. And you know what? Everybody, hey, you made one shit engine and put it into literally every car, but it's okay because I still love my 1.8T. Right. Oh, like, I remember my 1.8T. Yeah. As you drown in 2.0T piston ring failures. Exactly. Where it's like a GM, like 
the only person ever that's going to give you goodwill is to be like, hey, I understand you made that 3.6 high feature V6. No, it's going to be the one person that still got their used 99 new body style Chevy Silverado. It's got like 400K on it. And they bought it with a Reman Trans in it, and they've had personally no issues. Yeah, well, that's but, no, where I mean, that like, the, the, pers- the customer loyalty from like, like from people that buy cars new, right, are going to be like your. They're going to be like you know people that you know old boomers that remember when GM didn't suck, right? Like no millennial has ever driven a car where GM didn't actually suck because GM sucked in the '90s, they sucked in the 2000s, they sucked in the 2010s, and they're sucking to the 2020s just for different reasons, and mm-hmm. they're never going to get over that. And, and they've had things like to happen to John Deere. Little glimmers of good product here and there, but it's never been consistent. Well, that's the thing. They've had a glimmer of good product whereas Volkswagen or BMW has had a glimmer of bad product of public relations bad product, not it things was... that were objectively bad that we know are bad, but like wow. for normal normal people. BMW's been going at it for a long time because I mean, their their product went from objectively good to objectively bad. Uh, somewhere between 99 and 06. But that's the thing, though, is those cars were bad so far later in life. Yeah. You don't notice it. That's the thing. Anything that happens over 100,000 miles, people are like, well, cars last that long? Somebody previously must have done something wrong. That's basically true, but it was BMW telling the person to do it wrong. It doesn't matter. I know. But, like, that's the thing is the problem's pushed off so far in the future. It's still infuriating. Yeah, it's infuriating for your enthusiasts, and that is still a way of eating that goodwill. But it's not, like, just taking a big bite out of it like GM does, where it's just like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a timing change just freaking grenade on your daughter's Chevy Sonic when she's going to college, and you're already paying for her college. Like... That's gonna piss off. GM is everyone. eating the baby one-inch diameter tomato on the vine. Exactly. Whereas B- BMW goes, see that budding goodwill. Mmm, delicious. Yeah, BMW takes a lot. It's about to fall off they're, anyway. They're yeah. spritzing it with water and wiping it with a microfiber cloth, and then they throw it at the wall. Yeah, exactly. Like they actually take care of it. They grow that goodwill, and then they mm-hmm. destroy yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Whereas GM just like off the bat, just tip the whole vine over and stomp on it. <laughs> What's this? I'm scared. <laughs> so, yeah, I, GM sucks, and they're going to continue to suck for a long time. Um, Perfect. I agree. So I think this is what we should do here. Is I want to talk about something that's a little bit more positive. Fine. I want to talk about manual transmissions because everybody, oh, yeah. everybody's good, good, happy yeah. about those. Yes, exactly. So Scott actually had another really good Patreon topic. And I also Scott because this is written out in, like, literal, like, like there's a, a visual like a, hierarchy here. There's a visual hierarchy. This looks like it was copy and paste out of a law document. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd see paragraph one, subsection two. He actually has subsections in this. So he said, let's talk about manual transmission gear layout and what we prefer. Okay. Shift around the tree, shift around the floor, shift around the dash, pros and cons. Okay. Then he wants us to discuss the uh, layouts and preferences, dog okay. pattern, normal pattern, how they're... How the reverse is actuated, because that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. The reverse thing pisses me off a lot on a lot of cars. Um, how many gears is too many? How many is not enough? You know, that's all I want to talk about. Okay. So, what do you think? What's your best gear selector? I know that the best is it exists, but like, assuming that you've got an option between all of these, well, if you were designing a car, how would you design it? Well, okay, you, you started this with car. Yes. So that was going to be my first thing, because like, I'm going to prefer a different kind of shifter and a different kind of vehicle. If I had a four shifter in my van, I'd be pissed. Yeah, well, yeah, because a, a van suck. or like a light-duty truck should have a dash-mounted shifter, because yeah. you need the front bench seat. 
you need all that extra space, you need that flexibility. In a car, floor mounted, 100%. Um, column shift, if you were still doing manual buses, I still think that's probably That'd actually the be really way to cool go. on a manual bus. Um, just because like, it, it keeps your hand really close to the wheel, and obviously there's power steering now, so it's not as big a deal. But a, a dash mounted shifter might still be better for a bus. I think um, I'm actually going to give the three on the tree. Or the, sorry, the, the shiffer on the tree some time of day. Because after having driven one, I do like those a lot. I like them, but there's no reason they should exist anymore. Which I, is why they don't. Well, this is the thing. is With a simplified dashboard, everybody likes the minimalist look on cars, right? Mm -hmm. And that shiffer just adds stuff to it. But if you just add that... If you have all your dials, your multi-switch over here and your shifter here. How are you going to do that with a collapsible crash-rated steering column? All these metal linkages sticking up through that? The, the linkages can easily come apart. You have a breakaway bolt. It's very simple. Mm -hmm. um, and then, because really what those are is, I mean, you could also just be cable-operated, too, on the column. But I think that a column shift on a car, if you have a fun-to-drive car wheel, having a minimalized dashboard you could actually make a very beautiful looking dashboard i'm thinking of like that peugeot electric car mm -hmm. if they say put a gas engine in that just hypothetically speaking they put a gas engine in that that would be really good looking with a column shift five speed well yeah it's a french car i mean yeah. they they kept column shift everything or even like the 2cv that dash shifter that dash thing, shifter thing yeah. that is cool yeah i think that a column shift because another nice thing about the column shift is it's just it's such a smooth operation that you can just go, well, you're it in is. second gear. It's such a buttery smooth operation. But it's when those so were nice. common, three and four-speed transmissions were common. Three speeds were on the tree and the four-speed on the floor. And there were a lot of four-speed column shifts, what? but there was a reverse lockout. Yeah. So it was still just a single H pattern, but I, it was a four-speed with reverse. I think for smaller displacement cars with less gears, fewer, fewer gears. Thank you. Smaller displacement cars, fewer gears, low-speed vehicles, column shift all the way. So fun. I love a column shift. And you can keep the, your hand on the steering wheel, too, which is kind of cool. But, it's, again, with power steering, it doesn't much matter. Um, but, yeah, I think the column shift does have an, a reason for existing. It did. If there was a manual Prius, it would be a column shift. That would be good with a column shift. No, it, it would be a dash shifter where the current regen lever is. No, I think a column shift would be really good. Okay. Be I, I disagree. But I like okay. column shifts. They're great. Fine. Well, um, you have my answers. But I would, I would otherwise say, yeah, it depends on the model. My van, if I had a floor shifter, I would never have bought that because it would be so irritating to use. Because I'd have to like dig. like I'd take my hand and go... Like, Even the FJ, I think, should have been down. a dash-mounted shifter. Because like, if you have uh, something that sits up that high, your shifter travel is going to be too long. If your shifter travel is going to be anything more than... Three inches in total. You should have a. I should I think have six a, inches. Well, I'm thinking. Look at that distance. I mean, that's six inches. Oh, that is that, 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 that's what, that's what I'm imagining. It's two fingers apart. Yeah. I, that, yeah, I guess that. I think six, a six inch travel. Six inches fun. is good. Like that's a reasonable amount. But that's the thing is like we get a lot of these. more than that. It's the gate gate width. Yeah. If you look at like uh, like a Ranger, you have mm -hmm. to go. Yeah. You have to put your shoulder into shifting it. And that's why, like, a dash shifter is way better, because you can maintain a car-like shifter. You have to use cables for a dash yeah. shifter, but fine. Who cares? Cable shifters are good. They use them in pretty you much can, you, everything. You, I bet you can make a linkage. It would wear out. Cables are just better. Anyone that's, like, Porsches use cables. 
Nobody well, complains I'm, about a Porsche shifter. I'm just thinking about, so, an EF Civic, that's a cable linkage. Yeah. And that goes basically a straight line right to the transmission. The, the shifter fork is then pivots inside the transmission. It's a straight line to piss. If you look, at, look up EF Civic shift linkage. That's a cable? No, that, no it's a, it's a, it's a rod. linkage. Yeah. A rod linkage. You said a cable. Sorry, sorry. No, that's a rod linkage. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like Mark IIs, even early Mark Threes were like that. But the linkages wear out, and they get really shitty. Not on the Hondas. Well, on the Hondas, the rubber bushings do, but it ain't yeah. a rubber bushing. Well. Yeah. But that's the thing is, the, on Volkswagens with, ca- with cables, the plastic pieces br- uh, break on them. And then it's much they, less common than the rubber wearing. Oh, it happens hat, all the time. Every single Mark II in the world, guaranteed. Toyota figured it out. Every single Mark II in the world. Needs. Generally speaking, cable yeah. shifters are more reliable than I would, linkage shifters. I would take a linkage any day over that. But it's the thing: is a linkage with Oops. a polyurethane bushing would be great because sure. that won't wear out. I think it's it, it, again well, depends it, on it your quality. It gets debris in it and it will actually wear the metal out instead of the urethane. So that's why they do it with the crappy stuff usually. Hmm. That's the same reason, like, when you're doing a shifter on a BMW, like, oh, I should grease this. You do not grease shifter stuff. Yeah. Because it, it traps debris, and then it turns it into sandpaper. Yeah, it just breaks it. Yeah, it just gets bad. I guess with Hondas, they just they make everything so thick and overbuilt. Like, And I'm, if if a company can make a reliable, modern linkage that keeps your shift gates fine, and they can do it, awesome. Great. I just don't think it's possible. I think it, I think it is, but the, the thing is, you have to overbuild it. You have to use thicker metal higher quality metal a lot of manufacturers just use the shittiest metal they can possibly find mm-hmm. and i think but that's also the thing is they also use the shittiest plastic they, they can find but i i honestly think the proliferation of cable shifters is not just for packaging but again it's a crash safety thing because if you have like say you have a, a front engine vehicle with mm-hmm. a dash mounted shifter to get a nice high quality metal rod between your shifter and your transmission what happens to the power plant when you hit something? Well, it's the thing is with that rod, you, then you can do something where maybe one section is a little bit thicker than the other, so it in, induces break. Right, or they can they can it. force it to bend and then really overbuild the actual fulcrum inside the shifter, but that adds a ton of weight and cost, so they're just not going to do it. I think that the way to do it, maybe if you did like an aluminum um, linkage, mm-hmm. and that way. If it hits anything, it's doable. The, that, I'm just that saying that why they don't. Gonna break. Yeah. Like yeah, no, there's a reason that they don't. There's a reason that cables exist. Because yeah, you can make one length of cable, you make the same thing, and you can just adjust the length of cable per chassis. That makes sense from a manufacturing perspective. Mm-hmm. But I think all things being, uh, you know, like if I was designing a car, mm-hmm. I would do a metal rod shifter. Well, if I was designing 100%. a car, it'd be front engine, rear drive, and the shifter would just be in the transmission. That's also a direct shift floor mount. Mm-hmm. Is I think. If you have a floor mount and it's not a direct shift, you should not have a floor mount. I mean, pretty much every car in here is a non-direct shift floor mount, and they're all pretty great. I've just, every other one, you can put that shifter somewhere else. I mean, dash mounted. I love, I'm sorry, I just love my dash mounted shifter. Yeah, it's fine. It just doesn't make sense in, like, any of these vehicles. So the BMW, I feel like they could have, if they pushed everything back further. Because... It's only, it behooves you to make a direct shift because mm-hmm. you put the engine further away from the front axle. Right, but packaging dictates you can't do that sometimes. Well, sometimes. But it behooves you to attempt. <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, Tremec, could you take your off-the-shelf transmission and elongate it by adding zero other things other than more heavy aluminum on the back for 10 inches? could also run a different uh, pressure plate on your clutch that's longer. You're still. You have a longer bell house. That doesn't help. Though. It behooves you. 
to make a direct shift because that's the best possible shift. Even a lot of GM stuff still has an indirect linkage on it. Yeah, it does, and it's awful. It's fine. Well, you get a direct shift transmission, it feels much better. Anyway. I, I like the shifter in the Fiat that's directly in the trans. Is it better than a BMW or a Porsche shifter? Mm-mm. No. No, it isn't. Just like the ST1000. People like jizz over that transmission. I'm like, it's fine. That's a perfectly reasonable transmission. It's fine. That's it. That, that's a reasonable transmission. But people are like, this is God tier shifter. I'm like, have you driven like a late model E90? Because like, that is the best feeling shifter I've ever driven. I think. Well, there may be a gated shifter. Those feel really nice. But also linkage adjustments. You know what? I'm, I'm really kind of annoyed now because I just realized that my favorite shifter I've ever used is actually a pre- It's a cable, the AW11MR2. Pretty sure it's a cable. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that, that is the best shift we've ever felt. Dude, my, my third just... gen, super good. Especially yeah. once I put, you know, Delrin and brass bushings and everything. I said like old ass bushings, but it was just all very, mm. it, very notchy. You just had to go like that. Yep. You don't oh, have to do anything. Just snapping gears. Yeah. So nice. That was great. Look, it, it, it comes down to engineering and the transmission more than the type of linkage you have. Yes, that, that so. is true. The, the actual engineering of your transmission. So Let's talk about layouts. Like, <laughs> layouts. Uh, with that, um, I really like the five-speed. I really like the three-speed. The four-speed doesn't need to exist. Six-speed... You get into I'm not having... talking number of gears yet. I'm just curious, like, okay. what kind of H pattern layout are you looking for? Um, I like the dog leg. Okay. I think if I made my own car, it'd be a dog leg. So you want first, down left. Yep, down left for first. Um, second, third would be straight. Uh, fifth would, if it's a dog leg, I'd make it a one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. You may it, as well it, make it a seven speed if you're if, if, a a, if it was a dog leg, it'd be a five speed. Yeah. It'd have to be. Um, but. I think that the dog leg shift uh, H pattern would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, with the throw, anything more than that, I don't want. I like the MR2. We had to go like this. Yeah, that was. Very I think nice. that is about six inches, and I, I'm pretty much in agreement. Which is, if you were, if you're just listening to our podcast, I was just rotating my wrist. I shouldn't have to move my elbow to shift. Like that's my thing. Unless, I'm glad you clarified. <laughs> or the other alternative is it has to be comically long. Like, I either want this or I want it to go. So Ryan has taken his <laughs> headphones off and he's walked back to the couch behind him and shifted second gear into the couch pillows. Yeah, I want that. I want okay. it one or the other. The only problem I have with uh, short shift on some cars of that travel is when the transmission isn't designed well enough to shift quickly enough for you. Because there are some, like the 850, the transmission is yes. so heavy-duty that you just can't move that shit in there fast enough. That is a very good point. So, like, that car probably has, like, a 10-inch throw, realistically. But, like, it probably would be worse if I put a short shifter in it. So, maybe I should say this. I want the absolute minimum amount of throw. There should be a force that the or something tran- like that. that the transmission should, that the transmission can take. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like I said, the other alternative, comically bad. Like, I want no in-between. I don't want, like, just, like, kind of bad. I don't want meh. Put a gear splitter on it. I want, like, yeah, I, I want either good or comically bad. Like, there has to be one or the other. Like, there's no in-between here. And that's, with, like, the three in the tree. Like, that's how I like that. Because, actually, a three in the tree you is just the smoothest. Like, yes, it's comic. It, you have to slide down. Mm-hmm. But, like... It's just a very natural movement. And again, like wheel. the steering wheels back when those were common were huge. Yeah, so, so like the actual throw force was nothing. Yeah, it took no force. And there was so much heft behind 
all the, the linkage and everything. The linkage yeah. that you would have to put no effort into getting into gear. Like you honestly, like, had no idea that you're even moving anything. It <laughs> felt like it's connected to nothing. It was great. Back when you had to replace synchros all the time. Ah, the good old days. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I I owned a car with a dog leg pattern once, and it was cool. But I don't think I would pick it because I just don't track my car that often. Well, my thing is, I don't, with my Mazda 5, mm -hmm. that first gear is very short. Mm -hmm. Second gear, you can honestly run, you can, if you are not at a complete dead stop, if you're like at, honestly, two miles an hour, second gear is perfectly fine for accelerating from. Right. For normal acceleration. And that's why, in most situations, unless I'm actually directly leaving a stoplight, the second to third shift usually works. And if you are going to first gear, most often, you're not going into first gear and, and getting enough speed to go into second gear. You're going to first gear, going to the next stoplight and stopping. Right, you're stopped. Yeah, yeah you're in gridlock. <laughs> so that first gear doesn't really get, get touched for me. So, But with the dog leg, it's all about downshifting. So what's yeah. your most common downshift? Because me, in a five-speed, it's five to three. Five to three is your most common? And, the, and that's, there's no benefit going with a, a, a dog leg because you're hopping from bottom right to middle bottom versus you know upper right to mid well i guess it also depends on the on the engine i mean well it, it does but more your gear ratio because like a lot of cars if you're cruising on the highway you can't downshift five to two no that's a very and good that's point that's where a dog leg would maybe be or yeah that's where a dog leg would maybe be better is you can just go like that because yeah like the five four downshift would i don't know it was all about the two three for track racing that's why the dog leg existed and if yeah. you're doing a lot of two three that makes perfect sense, but otherwise, I think the dog leg is actually kind of an inconvenience. Well, I I don't think so. so I mean, with the Mazda Five, the issue with the Mazda Five is it's got a very very well designed transmission mm -hmm. and a surprising amount of low end torque. It doesn't have a lot of torque, but all of it's there. Right. So with my with my Mazda, if that was a dog leg, that would be better because I my most common downshifts, yeah, I'll go five to two because I've got enough torque in fifth gear that I literally can accelerate from any speed above 40 miles an hour normally. A 5 to 2 downshift would be much better in a dog box. Yeah, and that's the thing is I think... <laughs> dog if, legs, sorry, not yeah, dog box. Dog box would be good at no point. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. Very inconvenient. Driving my Mazda 5. <laughs> Let me put these gigantic hearing protection items yeah, exactly. on. Dog box transmissions. If you're not, if you don't know, straight they're straight gears. cut gears. Yeah, giant straight cut gears. Clutch is optional. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, it's it's a, a six speed H pattern. So three verticals, one horizontal, and then I use a spring detent for reverse. It's the BMW pattern. That's the right, Fiat pattern. Let's talk about reverse because there's so many stupid ways to get in reverse. I don't like reverse being just a normal shot. I do not like fifth and then going straight in reverse. No. I don't like the Japanese layout. Because the one two three four five R, I don't like. I don't like that. I like the one two three four five R, but I should have to do something to get it into R. Sure, yeah. Like I should have to physically move it further to the right, or something. Sure. Yeah. Uh, if I have to do that, um, I also don't like the Volkswagen. We have to push it down and go into first. Yeah, it's kind of awkward. Well, no, this is my thing. Is normally when I get into a car when it's cold outside, clutching, whatever force my hand happens to land on that shifter, it goes into first gear. And if I didn't look and I put it into reverse, I'm going full chooch in reverse to the person behind me. So, yeah, not doing that. I, I kind of like GMs where you have to like pull the little plunger up, like Subaru. You have to pull that yeah, little Fiat, plunger up. The 500 is like that, yeah. too. But that also makes it very irritating to get in reverse. 
Ah, I got so used to that. It's just, it, it, it's just a, it's well, it depends on your shift knob. If it's like the round ball thing on the dash of the 500, it's like, ooh, cute. Also, <laughs> it looks like a foot. It looks so ugly. Oh, yeah. It's a terrible aesthetic implementation. Yeah. So that's, I think, that the best way to do it is that you have to physically take it out of fifth gear, move it over a little bit, and then like, jam it into reverse. Like, but so you want it, it on the like right a, side with like has, an extra spring detent. It has to detent. be yeah, extra spring detent. You actually have to feel it move through like an extra gate. Because yeah. like, when you put it into reverse, on, I forgot what car that is I'm thinking of. Um, but you should actually have to like, feel it. I, actually, yeah, it's um, the MR2. You actually, when you put it in the fifth gear... It was a little bit further over. It wasn't yeah. very far over. I've seen but the knobs where it's got like a little bit past on yeah, the horizontal. Yeah, a little bit past. But you'd actually feel it where the fifth gear like kind of gate would be. If you pop past that, yeah. that's when you hmm. you feel it going to reverse. Nice. The I, second I like and that. third gen MR2s did not do that. And the um, the flathead Ford three speed, um, you would just kind of go, huh? I might. I'm either in second or that's, reverse. In its defense, that's any gear. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of feedback through those no, there shifters. Isn't. And that's, I think, a um, if you were to have, say it's a column shift, again, my, slow, my theoretical four-speed slow car, um, <laughs> you would have a button you have to press on the top of the shift knob and then slide it down. That would be my way to get it in reverse. Okay. That, if it was a flathead and there's a column mount or something like that, you have to press the button. I don't That's have something. different answers for different eras like you, unfortunately. Well, it's so. not, not necessarily eras. It's for different designs. I, I'm just going to pick one. And <laughs> it's one that I've never used before. So I'm not sure why it doesn't exist. There's probably a reason. But in my ideal world with my six-speed double H, mm-hmm. I don't quite like the BMW and the Fiat are the same way. There's If you push lightly over and up, you get first. If you push hard over and up, you get reverse. But if you hop in a car and like somebody revs their engine and takes off, you're instinctively going to push a lot harder, and you yeah. might end up in reverse. So and what I would love to do is get that same detent, but be down and left for reverse. That's a wonderful idea. Or sorry, left and down. Somewhere where you're not going to accidentally it's put it. It's not first. It's, like, it's, it's just. Like, I'm not going to go into second and dump the clutch. It's just like Volkswagen. Is that's where first is? It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. So right. if you had a dog leg up left, fine. I don't care. But it should not be right next to first gear. You know, or should it be directly in line with your top gear? More comically, another thing we could do you could have the differential be the reverse gear. You just have another. No, Ryan. No, <laughs> like Miguel's that's gonna car. double the weight of the diff. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> just a second gear, just all the gears are flipped around. It's just like one small one. That would be another option. It would be an option, not a good one, but it'd be an option. Okay, fine. I mean, I can't contest that really. Um, so God how many gears it. is too many? Seven. Seven's too many. Seven Six is, is too perfect. Many. The double H is perfect. This is my thing again. I think five, maybe six. Both of those are great. Four five is too few. Four is that weird spot where three speed is better than four. Because if you're going with a three speed, you're doing it because you're going to have a thicker gear to hold down like shitloads of power. If you have four speed, you just kind of suck. That just means suck. you have a car that was made in this, the yeah, 70s. If a car is made in the <laughs> 60s or a car that sucks, there's yeah, no in between. That's, that's true. Um, you either have an STD Civic or you have... A Pagoda. Yeah, exactly. That's what you have. Um... <laughs> And this is the this is the other thing is like, I six seven gears is too close to six to not be ridiculous enough to have to deal with the pain in the ass. Because again, like I said, I like a ridiculous thing. If I'm ever throw, I yeah. either want it to be as short as possible or as just over the top as possible. And if I'm gonna have a transmission any more than six gears, it better have nine. It has to no, not even that. I need double digits. 
I need a semi truck like twenty four speed. Like, I'm not putting splitters in cars, right? But that's what I'm saying is if you're gonna have six, or if you're gonna have seven, might as well have twenty four. No, if you're gonna have Screw seven, it. you may as well have eight, or nine, or twelve, no, 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 or no, fifteen. Seven is an additional H, so is eight. But yeah. nine is another one after that, and you run into seven's already a uh, engineering craziness because, like, in a manual, you go left a bit from center to get your first and second. Typically, yeah, you go forward and back without touching the horizontal. You That's... get third and fourth. You go over a little bit to the right. You get fifth and sixth, or maybe fifth and reverse, depending yeah. on. And in a Porsche and a new Tremec and like a Corvette or something like that, you have to use another spring detent once you're done with sixth into seventh. And it sounds terrible, but bless those engineers. It's actually very intuitive and it doesn't trip you up at all, but it's still too much because that, yeah, there's a saying. given width that's comfortable to use a transmission on and you have to narrow the shift gate so much where your likelihood of missing a shift, money it's, shifting yeah, your car exactly. is through the roof. That's what I'm saying. So uh, like to maintain your 12 degree shift gate, six speed is tops. Yeah. And that's the thing. I'd say there's six speed or absolutely over the top. Because if you're going to just totally ruin it with seven gears, like, yeah. just com- just go overboard and totally, well, totally keep, fuck it up. Keep in mind, like, a lot of the Eaton 10 speeds that are common in heavier trucks, it's a five-speed pattern with a splitter. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Just put a, like, put a high-low split. There's a reason be- why. Better yet, have not a, high, a twin stick. Better yet, have a high, normal, and low. Okay, fine. So it'd be five, 10, 15 gears. Or, Wait, or, or 18. S- seven, 14, oh, 21. Oh, God. Yeah, you have a 21 speed. There you go. Just a bicycle be ridiculous so that's that's the thing is i I think five or six or three um that's what you name because the thing is um duesenberg hi you thought i didn't think i was talking about pre-war they used the three speed because they're able to put down so much more power into that transmission that they're actually make able to make that transmission work because that was a gigantic engine tuned for torque i think that's super cool and that's the thing is that's why three speeds should exist if you have like a Cummins, like a high power Cummins, not having a three speed is like silly to me. Like that would be so much cooler with just like a gigantic beefy three speed, like a two inch wide. If gear. you can handle it with uh, your engine's rev range, that's the problem with like the really big torque engines. Though, like they they generally not always, but yeah. generally you're dealing with like nine hundred to maybe sixteen or eighteen hundred RPM. Yeah, and like you really have to like nail that spacing. There's no flexibility. So with a three speed, you need to you need to have like a really tall first gear, and then you've got to like redline first to get it into second in your usable power range. Yeah, and well, that's the thing is that, uh, these all depend on power range. I think that with if you have something that's like a really really high power vehicle, mm-hmm. yeah, having a three speed would work because like a Cummins, I guarantee you, you're gonna be able to do a, dur- a burnout in third in third gear regardless of how long that gear is. That gear could be a point seven five gear. I guarantee you're still gonna be able to do a burnout with it. With yeah, that's your own boost, yeah, yeah. Like that's the thing is I <laughs> that's think what the other gears are for. Yeah, and that's why we like the power glide. I'm like, really, it's all you need. You need a gear to get going, and you need a gear to cruise. Yeah, and those are insanely durable. So I get it. And and with a three speed, you have your get going, you have your passing, you have your cruising. Mm-hmm. So you have your cruising, but that second gear will put you instead of being at say, you know, five thousand RPM, you'll be at three thousand RPM. Mm-hmm. You know, your or sorry. So be at like a thousand RPM, it'd be at three thousand RPM. Whereas first year, put you at five thousand, grenading your engine, and not be able to go anywhere. That second gear is to be just enough where you have a little bit of wiggle room. And I think that for like really high power applications, three speeds the way to go. Because I don't want to. And you have like a twenty-five degree shift gate, 
so there's zero chance of missing a gear, yeah, even with no shift bushings. Yeah, like that's that's the thing. It's like <laughs> these are designed for huge power applications and for performance. At three speed, the less gears that you can get without having a CVT, perfect. We should put a three speed in Tom's Cayman. Yeah. A three-speed? Yeah, three well, on the floor. There's a reason that the Koenigsegg 1.1 has one gear in it, because it can't possibly screw up shifting that. Well, and that, that car's just genius how it does torque fill and yes. locking the converter, but yes. But that's what I mean. It's like yeah. you have as few gears as needed, and yeah, that's what you should have. Less complexity is always better. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's how I like the three-speeds. That's how I like the four-speeds. That's how I don't like the four-speeds. That's how I like the three-speeds, the five-speeds, and the six-speeds. Is that six-speed is because you have a car that's got power bands like that big. Mm-hmm. As, you know, you have like a power band of like 2,000 RPM, and it's at the very top. Yeah. That's why I have a six-speed. In a Yaris, I'd want a six-speed. Yeah. That's just how you it have, goes. You have a five-speed for any other performance vehicle. And then you have a three-speed for like a Cummins 2,000-horsepower pickup truck. That's what those transmissions are for. Yeah, using a six-speed in one of those is a little awkward because you, like, you don't need it. it it's slower. Like, and honestly, it's just all the time just having to shift. Well, and you can skip, too. But, and they're, they're an R, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. They're not a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 pattern. Yeah. So they have a crawler, and then you start in essentially second. A lot like the Wagavan. Yes. Thank you, Wagavan. But, and that's the thing, is you just have a, a three-speed. Because, yeah, if you're having to skip gears, you are already, you're already wasting weight if you're having to skip gears. Yeah, and like you said, you're making the gears thinner, too. So yeah, you're, you're ruining your power, power potential. Less power and having to... And that's a genuine concern on those. Like, I think the like heavy-duty pickup should be four plus ones, maybe, because I think you can make one of those really strong. Yeah. But, yeah, what's the point? Like, it, those have, a, like, compared to a lot of other very high power output engines, they have a huge usable power band. Yeah. So, like, there's no reason you can't go into a new gear at 1,000 RPM and make plenty of power to pull and then shift at 3,000. Well, that's why, uh, you know, going back to what I said with Duesenberg, they're famous for being able to do... Uh, third gear burnouts mm. like from a stop sign because of so much torque that you can so that should have just been a one speed direct drive clutch thing then well that's the thing is then you it's to take you a month to get up to speed if you really want to get away like then you're not gonna be able to actually feel the engine like yeah you can do a you can do a burnout but like you can also do first gear and really just light it up and have a lot of fun and second gear is but I mean, that's again the thing is like that one speed and that two speed it's a little bit limited. That makes it a very specialized transmission. That three-speed gives power you... Power glide. I think that... Th- yeah, exactly. Put a power the, glide in the Duesenberg. The three-speed gives you the... That gives you the flexibility that you need. And then anything more is for smaller displacement engines. I'm confident that people don't talk about the kind of things we talk about. No, here. not at all. Nobody, <laughs> nobody ever talks about the benefits of a three-speed transmission like I do. Or putting a power glide in Duesenberg. Which also the world needs. That's a good fit for that engine. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it is. I think if I had Jay Leno money, this is what I would do. First off, I put it. I'd totally redesign a block grill so I could get. I I'd redesign the rotating assembly so I have more main gears, or more main bearings. bearings. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Um, and then I'd actually redesign the cam so it'd be more of a high RPM based instead sure. of torque based. And see what kind of power it could actually put down. Well, not Those to mention, you could probably take like 20 or 30 pounds of rotating mass out yeah. of that thing with modern materials, too. Yeah. Imagine hyper aluminum pistons and titanium rods. Yeah. It, like, or like a 1950s piston skirt, even. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But it would be super... 
if I had nobody Jaylen, pay attention to the thing I'm saying, it would be super fun to rebuild a pre-war engine with, with modern yeah. tech. Oh hell yeah! To see what it would do. I would love to have a seven liter inline eight Fiat S75 dual overhead cam with modern yeah yeah S76 S76. But I would love to have a modern dual overhead cam seven liter inline eight with a fixed head. Like that'd be so cool. Just yeah, drill out the counterweights, knife edge it. New rods, yep. new pistons, yep. and then you find an engine that has more main bearings already. Because redesigning a block, well, you could actually probably put it, you could, with modern that technology, much reduction modern, in rotating mass. Modern technology, you could put a block griddle in that. You could, but you probably wouldn't need to if you take thirty pounds of rotating mass. Yeah, out of well, it. I mean, you take thirty pounds of rotating mass with a block griddle, so let you do even more. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a flathead. You have to oh. put a girdle on those to rev them past. 2500 no, i think i think a black griddle on a duesenberg <laughs> would be rowdy like, that'd be super fun especially with a with a hot cam in it <clears throat> i'd love it i'd absolutely love I hate it myself for perpetuating this conversation yeah see and that, and that now you understand why they're so fun anyway so what do you think patrons or if you're not a patron you could become one and then tell us what you think <laughs> and we will tell you why you're right or wrong yes so i think uh <laughs> This has been another hour-long uh, rant about everything ridiculous in the automotive world and why nobody talks to us outside of ourselves. <laughs> it's like you have a podcast, so we just talk to each other. <laughs> and bless your hearts, more more of you than I ever thought would ever happen actually listen to us. Yeah, so. and I'm, I'm, I'm utterly shocked, so thank you every single one of our listeners <laughs> and our patrons. So. Um, we don't know how we've retained you, but we're happy about yeah. it. Yeah, well, hey, more, more talk about Duesenbergs. God damn it. There's a Pierce Arrow for sale on Brand Trailer right now. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave now. Damn I'm it. sorry. <sighs> Let me go buy an air conditioner. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. See you guys.